on the wrestling podcast about nothing. We're looking at the personalities with the most promise that fizzled rather than flew. It's wrestling's biggest busts. Yeah, major guns. China in the second half of her career. Trish Stratus. Well, they. Oh, I know. We, no, no, no. Brian, Brian, Brian. Something altogether different. We'll talk about it. Plus, your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 193, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. He is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. We know that. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is one half of the bouncers. He is the brawler, Brian Malonis. Hi. I'm busting, Mike. I'm busting, baby. It's a great day to be alive. The air is fresher. Just everything is, uh, you know... Wonderful, buddy. Wonderful. I woke up and just refreshed and feeling and feeling jubilant this morning. Just feels like a freer and better world out there today. What are you getting at there, brother? What do you mean? Well, we're recording on Sunday morning. Yes. And was there anything in your Saturday night that kind of uh, perked you up a bit? You know, uh, there was something, Mike, as, as, as a matter of fact. The dynasty is dead, baby. The dynasty is dead. It's over. Bury it. I don't have to listen to these people anymore. All these Fairweather Patriot fans are going to crawl back in their holes, dig out whatever old merchandise they have for the team they used to cheer for, and that's what they'll be wearing next year. Ding dong, the witch is dead. (laughs) Oh... Well, uh, joining us in retort is the owner-operator, head trainer of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. He is also the owner-operator, promoter, booker, and future champion of Chaotic Wrestling, the permanent host of the wrestling podcast about nothing, Patriots Booster, the firebrand Brian Fury. Hi. (laughs) I'm a very level-headed Patriots fan, unlike a lot of the other people around here. Um, Yeah, you know, I don't know about the dynasty being dead. I think the uh, organization can still carry on. Very well with Bill Belichick at the helm, uh, but who knows what the future holds for uh, Mr. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. But here's the thing, like everybody outside of New England or that doesn't like New England cheers and hurrahs when they lose because they're tied for the greatest football franchise of all time. And Brian Malone should know what that feels like because everybody outside of Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh fans cheers and screams and hoots and hollers whenever the Steelers lose as well because they're tied for the greatest franchise of all time. Exactly, but you don't see me crying about it like a little bitch online. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We're off and running, Mike, as they say. Off and running in 2020, yes. Happy New Year to one and all. Uh, We're not past that yet. Aren't we past the the statute of limitations for Happy New Year's? 
No, I think it's like the, you know, the first week or whatnot. And, you know, last week it was December 30th. So, you know, we haven't talked to these people since the uh, calendar turned. All right. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's move on. <laughs> How was your, uh, your trek to Maine over the weekend? Long and arduous. <laughs> really? That is, a long, that is a long drive to do alone. All in one day. I got my ass up at quarter to six in the morning and went up and did a fun seminar at the uh, Limitless Dojo. So that was that was cool. I mean, it was a good experience. Like, I had a good time at the show, a good time at the seminar. The show was at a restaurant, uh, which served delicious pizza and Italian food. So that was a nice little bonus there. But, uh, yeah, it's a, that's a long-ass trip to do alone, especially when you consider, I think, New York City. If I'd gone the other direction, New York City is only about 20 minutes further than Brewer, Maine. It is north. So um, except for instead of actual things to look at, you're just looking at trees. So you just feel like you're – it almost feels like you're on like a treadmill or something where it's just trees and trees and trees and trees and trees and trees and trees, and trees, and trees for two and a half hours. Until you get to an Italian restaurant. Well, you, you got like the, the marker cities. Like you got like Portland and Augusta and Bangor and not a whole hell of a lot in between them. So were the people eating ringside while you were wrestling? There were some people eating food ringside, yes. But it wasn't like – it was in a bank, the banquet hall of the restaurant. Um, oh, okay. Like the actual restaurant part. It was only separated by a door though. So there were people eating, you know, just sitting there with like takeout containers. I, I had some nice pizza. It was delicious. Wait, wait, wait. What happened to New Year, New You? Starting starting tomorrow, bud. Oh. <laughs> Today's a cheat day? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't, you, can't, you can't start a new diet on a Wednesday. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> it's your cheat day. It's my cheat day, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, okay. Everything's starting Monday. We're starting fresh. Hey, Mike, you still off soda? I am. I am. Oh, the result. You can tell the results. Thank you. I'm severely reducing my my sugar intake. I'm doing I'm doing whole thirty again, Mike. Jump back on. I did it once before. I felt fantastic by the end of it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm uh, taking the sugar out of my life because I was a uh, sugar boy. That's what they called me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That's what uh, the missus calls you these days. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar boy. You, you sure she doesn't have a sugar boy uh, in your current state? <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, you let yourself go a little bit after the kid. Well, I'm going to be back to my fighting weight. I'm telling you that much right now. <laughs> What's that? 320? <laughs> Brian. Brian, Brian. <laughs> no, that's my fighting weight. It is. It is. And you'll get back there too, my friend. Yes. Yes. We all will. Right, Brian Fury? You in? I'm in. I'm there for it. All right. All right. We're going to do before pictures? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no, not that. let anybody see you shirtless, Mike. <clears throat> no, 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 not even family. Um, take, it for as, your, take it for your own edification. <laughs> as long as I've known Crockett, I don't think I've ever seen him shirtless either, and that includes like locker rooms or anything of, of the like. I don't think I've ever seen him shirtless. Yeah, come to think of it, I think we've shared a bed before, Mike, and you weren't shirtless. Well, you know, I'm very, I'm very, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very uh, demure. I think I think it's a referee thing because I don't think I've ever seen Todd Sinclair shirtless either. And and again, another human being I've shared a a bed with on the road at some point and and roomed with numerous times on the road. I think I've even been to Water Country with the both of you too and haven't seen you shirtless. 
<laughs> they call Todd Quick Change Sinclair. That's what they call him. <laughs> That's what happens. You're not, you're not getting any sneak peeks with him. <laughs> no, you got to work for it. You got to work for it. Uh, so last week we did the ones to watch in 2020, and we had a little bit of feedback. I heard from uh, David Ratty, who is probably one of the longest tenured Chaotic Wrestling fans. He is at oh, Dave yeah. Ratman on Twitter, and he says, yes, David Arquette did a promo battle on the WWE Backstage show. So I was correct. David Arquette would be working for WWE, so that's a win for me. Thank you. <sighs> you're, you're happy with that victory, Mike? <laughs> you'll, you'll take like anyone you can I can get. get. These days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're few and far between. Uh, so Dave, Dave Raddy's the one that watches that show? <laughs> he's the one. He's the one. Ed Hunt, of course, of APW, checked in at Eddie the Blade. He says, Malonis is right about Brian Johnson, great locker room guy, excellent heel, good in the ring. I expect huge things from him. Indeed. So Mecca Brian Johnson, he's on your side on that one, Ed Hunt. I think there's a lot of people um, that know Brian who would uh, share that. He's an, uh, he's an incredibly hard worker, and uh, I'm excited to uh, – I actually believe I will be wrestling him on uh, Saturday night in Atlanta. Oh, really? Hmm. Yes. And a tag team encounter. Tag team encounter. We'll see how that pans out. We'll see. And also, maybe I, maybe I can bury the kid before he gets a chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you want you want yourself to be right, right? You just put him over. You should just shoot, put him over clean. It's more important to bury the young talent and keep him down. Uh, I see. That's that's true. <laughs> um, so also, what's sizzling with Big Bacon? The podcast with Brad Hollister at What's Sizzling is the Twitter handle. Who he considers himself snubbed Who? from the ones to watch in 2020. Who was that? <laughs> Brad Hollister. Huh. I, th- I think he felt snubbed last year, too, because we didn't mention him. <laughs> we've, we've let him down two years in a row, and he's a great supporter of our podcast. He certainly is. And uh, what, 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 Brian, for you, what are you getting? You don't know, you know Brad Hollister. Come on. I, I know Brad them. Hollister very well. Him and I chat. I'm a big Tennessee Titans fan, so he's, he's more excited than Malonis today. <laughs> and he actually has reason to. I'm just bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so very jubilant is uh, Brad Hollister on this day. <laughs> 2021 for sure is the year of Brad Hollister, right? Or, or, or are we going to say 2020? Are you going to uh, add him, Brian, to your list? He was already starting to to break out with Beyond before he got hurt, so I have no doubt that uh, when he comes back, he will he will pick right up where he left off. And uh, I, th- I think uh, he's another guy. I don't know if it'll happen in 2020 because I don't know when his return time is. But I'll say by the end of 2021, he's, he'll be a guy who'll, who'll be under contract somewhere. And I'll shove it up both your asses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, also, as it relates to stuff we talked about on the podcast recently, I keep hearing from Mike Mills. Uh, he keeps tweeting and talking about waiting, and he's using the meme of Steve Austin looking at his watch when it comes to the <laughs> offer that he laid out a couple weeks ago here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing during the um, Festivus show. Mike, uh, maybe you know, maybe we forgot to uh, loop you in, uh, you know, because you are only the executive assistant of the wrestling podcast about nothing. But <laughs> as me as the CEO, Brian uh, Fury as the COO, have come to a decision. Uh, Brian, you want to let them? You want to let them know our decision? Yeah, we are both one hundred percent for adding WPAN to the BTT feed. We're, we're, yeah. we're all about it. We're all about it. 
Well, I mean, I would think Brian Fury. I mean, he's a he's a recent addition to the podcast, right, Malonis? So I don't think it, it's we have a little more clout than he does, right? I don't I don't know if Brian Fury. Mm, so it's it's probably. Hey, Malonis, you're in 100%, you say? Yeah, I'm the CEO. I, I, you know, Brian's the COO. I, I think you know, we brought Brian in for new, fresh ideas to freshen it up. Um, you know, I think he has equal say uh, in this. And, yeah, well, we, we, we've made the decision, Mike. We're, gonna, we're, we're on board. We're 100% uh, you know, ready to go. Let's do this. Well, just to let you guys know, um, over the holiday break, I did happen to file some paperwork. So the term... Wrestling podcast about nothing is soon to be 100% owned by myself, uh, Michael what? Crockett. So what are you saying? The entire operation is is falls under my auspices, if you will. <laughs> and I'm not sold by Mike Mills. Oh. I, I, I still have to hear more. Give me more. Sweeten the deal, because I can't eat sugar, so give me something sweet. <laughs> so you're like... Uh... Yeah, you're you're getting caught in all this the copyright wars, the copyright wrestling wars of the 2019 and 2020 year, just copywriting stuff. Yes, you can call the podcast uh, "Bash the Beach" if you want, guys. You can go off and do your own thing. <laughs> I don't think we can do that either. No, yeah, that's that's kind <laughs> of uh, in flux now as well. So, Crockett, basically, what you're telling us by you buying that name and everything is that we're doomed. <laughs> I'll tell you what he's telling us, Brian Fury. He's telling me that he has the money to help fund this goddamn podcast. And he's sitting on a mountain of money over there. So, uh, all right, Mr. Owner of Wrestling Podcast. Well, nothing. I think all the uh, the bills need to fall to you. Well, we're still open to negotiation. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, well, I guess Mike Mills has some convincing uh, of you to do then. <laughs> I guess he does. <laughs> Also, we want to try to convince you guys to go to YouTube, our brand new YouTube channel. We lost our YouTube channel uh, a few months ago. I am rebuilding it now. Lots of the excellent interviews that we've done, including the uh, interview we did with Mikazi, who's the WWE costume designer. His interview is up there. One with uh, Antonio Thomas slash Thomas Santel. That is up there. Donovan Dijak. Uh Todd Sinclair, Ivar, the definitive Ivar interview is up there on the YouTube channel. Also, MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, he shoots with the wrestling podcast about nothing. You can find that video on YouTube. Just go to, you go to the WPAN.com and hit the little YouTube icon. It will take you right to our YouTube channel or go to YouTube.com and type in wrestling podcast about nothing and find us and be sure to subscribe because uh, we really appreciate that. And uh, another website you can go to is BrianMalonis.com, right? New stuff coming? Yeah, soon, soon enough. So I just got the, uh, uh, got my new gear designs back. So I think there will be a t-shirt uh, inspired by one of those designs coming up very soon. All right. So you can find that coming soon, but now you can get the uh, classic Kingpin design, the Mastodon shirt with uh, Brawler Malonis along the bottom, plus the Care Bear Bears. Oh, I can't see Care Bears, can I? The drinking bears that care. Yes, pardon me. Uh, you can find that as well. That's the Bouncer's shirt, the new Bouncer's shirt. And uh, also the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt. It is all there at brianmalonis.com. And the WPAN.com, that is the WPAN.com, our hub, our home base. 
the official website of the wrestling podcast about nothing, funded by me, may I say. And uh, you can find ways to subscribe to the podcast there. You can listen to the podcast right there through the website. And all the various podcast platforms are listed there, including Spotify, And the social media links. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. So follow us and interact. And uh, I made some adjustments to the About Us page with the bios. Did you guys see that? Just what you sent over, yeah. Well, yes. So uh, Brian Fury, your mug is on the page there. And we have a spot for your bio. It says, coming soon. There's lots of hair, if I remember correctly, in the picture that you sent over of the three of us. Yeah, you had some locks that are no longer there, but uh, we're looking back fondly on the the hair of Brian Fury in that photo there on the WPAN.com. It was a great while it lasted. <laughs> it was. It was a good, nice run. Nice run you had there. <laughs> so go check it out at the WPAN.com. See all the pictures, the bios. Coming soon, Brian Fury's bio, I'm sure, over there at the WPAN.com. Guys, wrestling's biggest busts who doesn't like busts <laughs> i'm perusing a couple right now while you guys chit chat amongst yourselves <laughs> what <laughs> goodness gracious oh mike well we're talking about stars in wrestling that had uh big hopes behind them they were showed a lot of promise they were given a big push but just didn't work out in the end so that's what we're going to talk about this week in the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. And Brian Fury. Yes. I'm going to have you lead off as we talk about wrestling's biggest busts. Okay, so this is one of those things where I felt like it was hard to do research for. I wanted to kind of just go with things that popped into my head, people that popped into my head and just like gut instinct stuff. And while you were just talking to me, Uh, And introducing this segment, for some reason, this guy just popped into my head. And they ran vignettes for this guy. And WWE was ready to push this guy to the moon. And if you wanted to sit down and draw what a professional wrestler would look like, it would be this guy. And I'm talking about Nathan Jones. I think Nathan Jones should have been huge. Literally, he was huge. He was gigantic, looked like a million dollars. They had all these awesome vignettes for him, built him up, and he fucking stunk beyond belief. <laughs> yeah, he was really given the uh, the rocket. They strapped that right to him and uh, attempted to push it to the moon. I think in the end, he didn't he go on an international tour and just stayed there? Didn't come home. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they left him there. That's what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I, he, I know he's not. He's not American. I forget where exactly he's from, but I think they toured around where he lived, and he just decided, okay, I'm just gonna go home and stay there and not come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I thought about that a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something to do with prison with him too. I don't know if he been in prison or he was in prison after his run there's something with nathan jones of prison too yeah i don't remember if he was yeah i feel like he was there before his run because those were part of his vignettes of like him breaking out of jail or something like that if, if i remember correctly yes he was in prison he was introduced to powerlifting while he was in prison national powerlifting champion of australia that's where he's from australia oh 
Nathan Jones a short run in uh, the World Wrestling Federation. So it says he quit the company due to the rigor of WWE's heavy travel schedules while in tour in Perth, Australia. So yes, he just uh, they flew him home for free, and then he just <laughs> stayed there. <laughs> That's the way they do it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Australian flights are expensive. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll lead off my biggest busts with a guy who had a pretty prominent role in the WWF in the 80s. He was, uh, you know, someone you could always count on. He flirted with championship gold a few times. He was a very popular uh, face in the WWF, babyface even, in the WWF, uh, heading into the 90s. But then his big brother, his fake big brother, his best friend, left for WCW and brought him with him. And this guy just couldn't find a foothold in WCW. Uh, It's world famous, the number of gimmicks this guy had, trying to find something that would connect. Nothing really ever did. And I'm talking about Brutus Beefcake in WCW, one of the biggest busts to me after his run in the WWF. They couldn't find something that really stuck with uh, Brutus. You had your, uh, he came in as the butcher, right? Or his brother Brutai, where he was the best friend with Hogan. Then he was the butcher when he turned heel on Hogan. Then he became the man with no name. He was the Zodiac. He was the booty man. Then he became the disciple of the NWO. Then he turned on the NWA with his disciple with the OWN, right? And uh, what else do you go from there? There's, I think there might be one after that. I mean, there might Just be. the fucking I mean, Barber Beefcake. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> the man made him into the Starcade Crockett. He sure did as the butcher, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he didn't really ever attain the status he had in the WWF as Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake. <laughs> Mike, I'm sure you were when you were a kid, you were strutting and cutting. Oh, like nobody's business. <laughs> He's one of my favorites, actually. I think uh, I had his poster on my wall, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. That's what a revelation. Well, not a poster, per se. I think I took like his page out of one of the Superstar yearbooks and just kind of pasted it on the wall. I think anybody who in that era liked professional wrestling probably was a fan of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I mean, the... Uh, he's another one of those guys that gets beat up by revisionist history because now everybody thinks they know what constitutes a good worker and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I think he was an extremely popular guy who I'm sure he got paid extremely well. So I'm sure there's no regrets on his part, but man, if he had stayed in WWE, maybe he's the guy at some point to take over for Hulk Hogan. You know, you never know. But I mean, you can almost say in WWF that, Mm, it's it's tough. You could always say he was a bust in WWF in the fact that a couple of times he was supposed to be the Intercontinental Champion and it didn't happen. He had never attained that status where he was a you know a champion in the WWF. Uh, you know, one of the times it was because he got his face literally smashed in by a um, uh, a boat or whatever it was a, a schooner or something or other. <laughs> a sc- schooner. A schooner is a sailboat. You stupid head, right? <laughs> Stop trying to throw Kevin Smith references into this. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Ryan <laughs> Malone. You're the only one laughing. Terrible Kevin Smith. It hasn't been good in 20 years. I've pre-ordered the uh, Jane Silent Bob's uh, Revenge or whatever the fuck it's called. So I'm Here, gonna get Here's this. the joke. Oh, you're the guy? 
Brian Malonis. What's your first flop? I, I don't know if this will be controversial, but it's a little outside the box because this fellow actually did reach uh, enormous heights. But I think he fell short once he once he reached the top of the mountain. And I, and I may have an agenda based on who my favorite wrestler is here. But I'm going to say the ultimate warrior as uh, the WWF champion was one of, if not the biggest, flops in in pro wrestling history in almost every imaginable measurable way oh boy don't you think it's a case of no one is going to equal hulk hogan well i mean I, I clearly but uh i think it's pretty obvious though that he couldn't even come close and he wasn't ready for it and probably should have never been put in the spot uh because they had to go back to hogan just to re kind of try to revive the box office Brian Fury, I can hear you rolling your eyes from here. Yeah, look, you can't just because he doesn't match up to being Hulk Hogan doesn't mean he was a bust in any way, shape, or form. The man was like a rocket ship shot to the top of the WWF super fast, super quick. Just because he didn't have the staying power of Hulk Hogan, very, very, very few people, if any, had the staying power of Hulk Hogan. His, uh, he, his staying he? power was like three months. Like, is that not indicative of? His shortcomings, though, as as a professional wrestler, that he couldn't carry the company for even a a full calendar year. I mean, shit, Savage carried the company for a calendar year. I just don't view him as a complete like bust. I think he served his purpose and was amazing while he was there. I don't. Well, I, I, I'm I, saying I, his I WWF title run. I'm saying his title run. Him as WWF champion was a bust, and I, th- I think it's a valid thing because. He was literally groomed to be the guy that replaced Hulk Hogan. He was supposed to be the next guy, and, and it was proven. I think he's almost similar to a guy like Goldberg in that you have to book him a very specific way, and guys that are one-dimensional and that you have to book in a very certain way, I, I don't think can be the, the flag-bearer for a company, and that's what they envisioned him as, the, the flag-bearer of the company. I understand where you're coming from. I, I get it. I get it. Well, Brian Fury, is there anyone on your list that was perhaps a flag bearer for a company that didn't quite work out? Um, no, not quite. Okay. <laughs> you have Bret Hart on there? What? Oh. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> I um, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really look at it in, in that sense. I mean, I guess you could. It's well known that I'm not a big fan of Dolph Ziggler. I don't think he's anything i don't i think you know they gave him the title at one point in time and if you look at him now uh, i guess they kind of still consider him a top heel but i look at him as like you know a glorified job guy like i guess he would be a big bust uh, depending on the criteria that you just set up before me well who would you like to submit as your next big bust all right so this guy another guy he had a lot of vignettes his character was so cool and different and there's a character that came around not too too long ago that a lot of people compared him to you're talking about kizarni right <laughs> no not exactly <laughs> oh, okay. my longtime close personal friend <laughs> i'm talking about the one waylon mercy age is really what got to him by the time he got to being that gimmick but i think that gimmick and the creepiness and the calm coolness about him, his character and all the vignettes and everything that he had. 
And when he finally came up, he was definitely like a bust. He beat a couple jobbers, then he lost to like Savio Vega. And then it was like, all right, kind of just done and gone after a very, very, very short period of time. So you're saying that lives were not in Whalen Mercy's hands? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad. Like his, his, everything about him was really cool. He looked cool. He, his vignettes were awesome. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a shame. Especially for that era too. It's dark and like, I mean, where everything was so bright and cartoony in that era, he would have been something I think so refreshing and different, but just at that point, Dan Spivey, just too beat up to, you know, uh, I mean, he was, I don't know how many years into his career at that point, but that was literally the tail end of his career. And you could see it. I actually watched a Waylon Mercy like job match recently. And you could just see him, the way he moved around. He was like, oh man, this guy is not in peak physical condition. And I don't mean from a standpoint of like, he was out of shape. Like you could just see, you know, years of pro wrestling had taken a toll on him. Yeah. I think the issue was his knees and he was, yeah, having trouble getting around at the end there. Okay. So that's a good one. Waylon Mercy. And of course you were referencing Bray Wyatt, right? Brian Fury. Uh, indeed I was uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, very similar in nature to promos and, you know, uh, references to being like a cult leader and whatnot. Yeah. Bray Wyatt, Waylon Mercy, very similar. All right, so, I mean, I was thinking that you would maybe go with this guy. I was trying to lead you into this pick here for one of wrestling's biggest busts. A guy that was uh, trying to take the whole company on his back. It didn't quite work out. They pulled the plug on it at the most, uh, I mean, well, it depends on how you look at it, the most inopportune time, maybe. Lex Luger as the man in the WWF. Of course, they did the whole Lex Express thing. Then at the end... They just kind of gave up. And uh, so Lex Luger, I would say, would be one of, if not the biggest Boston wrestling history. What say you, Malonis? How dare you after what he did for America, Michael? <laughs> after what he did for America. You know, I, you know it's, uh, I, I know you're not a big fan of the Bruce Pritchard podcast, uh, Mike, but if you listen to how that went down and, and some of the things that uh, Pritchard talked about in that podcast. It was pretty eye-opening as to why maybe that Lex Luger, you know, thing didn't work out and what they were trying to do and his lack of commitment to it. And and I think he's another guy too when it comes to in-ring work. I think I think when you're when you're wrestling guys like you know Arn Anderson and uh, Ric Flair, and then you come into WWE and you're not wrestling that same caliber of uh, in-ring performer. I think it exposes somebody. I think I think wrestling's a business where certain aspects can get you to a certain point, but ultimately you have to be able to deliver in the ring uh, when it counts to have any sort of longevity. 100% as far as that goes. I think Luger had a lot of the attributes and uh, the tools that Vince McMahon looks for and thinks is going to make a guy a top guy, but then you know those last couple steps that he needed, a lot of the in-ring work and Certain charisma um, just didn't really cut the mustard. Brian Malonis. Hello. Wrestling's biggest busts and don't say Sable. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think the one I'm going to go with here is guy from the Attitude Era. When you think of the Attitude Era, I mean, obviously you think, you know, Rock, Austin, Triple H. But I always thought somebody who uh, would have reached a higher threshold and 
And I think had the WWE not completely gone away from heel managers, I think this guy could have really benefited from one was, was Ken Shamrock. And I, and I got to feel like the investment they probably made in Ken Shamrock at that time and for all the notoriety that he had outside of the world of, of pro wrestling, it's mind-blowing that Ken Shamrock wasn't prominently featured in main events and WWE champion at any point. I mean, he did attain the Intercontinental title, right? Is that not good enough for you? No, I think, I think I mean, especially where for the way they built him up. And when you, again, when you think of his popularity and notoriety outside of the professional wrestling ranks, why, I mean, why was he not the Brock Lesnar of, uh, of that generation? I mean, he was a legitimate badass. He looked amazing. I, I actually think Ken Shamrock was pretty good in the ring. I think where he probably fell short was, was maybe when it came to the microphone. Imagine um, him having the benefit of, of Paul Heyman or somebody like that behind him. Yeah, when you call somebody the world's most dangerous man, and the fact that he was like a legitimate badass outside of WWE, uh, you kind of expect a little bit more from him. And I think he had the ability to. You know, I was at the In Your House Degeneration X, where he actually got a heavyweight title shot against Shawn Michaels. You know, and that was cool. But I don't really remember him main eventing too many other things uh, prior to or after that. So. Yeah, uh, somewhat of a bust, I guess you could say. Yeah, definitely a bust as far as what could have been and should have been for a guy like that. Maybe it's just the way he was booked, but I didn't I didn't see him as a world champion. I saw him at that intercontinental level to me. There's no reason why he couldn't have taken on any of those top guys in the ring and handled them easily. With The Rock over the IC title, you know, when The Rock moved up you know, into that next level, like, Shamrock could have moved up with him, similar to like Triple H moved up with him, and these guys feuded over the IC title and then feuded again over the heavyweight title because as they were all moving up in the promotion together, like Shamrock could have done that. I think with a guy with his fight, his uh, fighting pedigree, and again his look and and everything, and, and the way he was able to adapt to the professional wrestling style, uh, yeah, a lot of those guys, the, the MMA fighters or amateur wrestlers, the, some of them really have a hard time with the transition, and he was a guy. Maybe not to the level of like a Kurt Angle or a Brock Lesnar, but certainly, I mean, in the neighborhood uh, of guys who've been able to transition from that fighting disciplines and actually transition into pro wrestling and be a success. And, and uh, yeah, I, I just, I thought, again, and you said it, Fury, a uh, guy who's billed as the world's most dangerous man, at any point they could have thrown the WWE title on him and nobody would have ever questioned it because of his resume and because of his pedigree, I just, again, I think there was just a little something um, missing there when it came to talking on the microphone. And when you come in from an era where talking was obviously quite prominent and you had Austin and the rock and Vince McMahon cutting promos all the time. Uh, I think, I think he needed somebody. I think he needed uh, a manager behind him. And I think, I think it'd been a slightly different story. Not to say he's a, you know, a complete failure. I, I'm not, I'm certainly not saying that. I, w- I think we originally discussed this, Mike. It was, you know, who could have been more, not wrestling's biggest bust. But I think from a standpoint of not becoming that truly tippy top main event guy, I think, yeah, I think he is a bust compared to what you probably thought he was going to be when they, when he first came in. Uh, if you just hung out with the click a little more. <laughs> oh boy. Mikey insider. That's what Mikey Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Meltzer. <laughs> All right, guys. So I don't know how many you have on your lists, but I have quite a few on mine. Maybe we should do like a lightning round where we just kind well, of. I just have uh, one. I just, honestly, I just have one more. Same yeah, here. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, I have like 50. So give us your final one, Brian Fury. Okay. So for me, this last guy was literally the first guy that came to mind. Uh, jumped off the page to me immediately when this was brought up. I was scared that he was going to be brought up at some point in time prior to this. So I'm glad that he hasn't because otherwise I'd be screwed right now. Um, but this guy, he just seemed to be primed and pushed and ready to be the guy. And there was just, I guess, what, backstage politics maybe? A little bit of injured a couple people, I think. Uh, I think a couple different things. And injury prone himself. A lot of things kind of just got in the way of it. But I think the guy I'm talking about right now should have been a much bigger star, world champion, really tried to hold the company us back. He was so over for a long period of time. And that man is Mr. Kennedy. Ken wow. Kennedy, I think, really was a bust because, I mean, there were so many things that guy was supposed to do and just didn't happen. What's going on? Who's heavy breathing? I heard you heavy breathing overall. What, what was that? <laughs> you right? Are you the one heavy breathing over there? Malonis, it was no. you, I think. That wasn't me. It was happening while Fury was talking. Well, you'll hear it on the show, I guess, because I don't think I can cut it out. Anyway, all right. <laughs> so, Mr. Kennedy, I thought you were going to say Mr. Hughes. You're really uh, milking it there. Mr. Well, Mr. Hughes wasn't a bust. <laughs> he was one of the tippy top guys, wasn't he? He was great. He was Triple H's butler for like one night. He's occasionally at Ring of Honor in uh, Atlanta. And we're there this weekend. You want me to say hi if he's there, Fury? Hell yeah. So Mr. Kennedy, Brian Malonis, what's your take on this? Clearly he was groomed for much more. If you believe the you know rumor mill out there, he was supposed to be Vince McMahon's son, uh, revealed as Vince McMahon's son. So yeah, I mean, it was it's clear just the way they, if you look back at the way they booked him, it's... It's very clear that uh, they did have very big plans for him. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a really good addition. And uh, me personally, I you know he was not somebody I was a, a fan of as from a fan's perspective. But I think from the criteria of what uh, the what we're doing here, yeah, I think absolutely he's a guy who was earmarked for so much more than what actually happened. And he is now prominently in the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA. Thank you very much. The only wrestling product that i'm following these days well thanks for your support asshole <laughs> that's because that's the only wrestling product you can watch on youtube for free that might be true as well <laughs> well you know you got a friend uh, and a co-host here who owns a wrestling company you got a friend and co-host here who uh works for a national wrestling company and you don't support either of us you, you piece of human garbage oh i support you just from afar yeah dirtbag <laughs> all right brian malonis why don't you go with yours because i'm just gonna like kind of like run down my list at the end because i've got like 12 here so who is your last bust leave it to you to have lots of negativity <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean so this might be a little bit off the wall uh, sort of pick uh, because i don't truly know what he was earmarked for i think i think if you listen again to the pritchard podcast it sounds like they envisioned more the heel doink the clown character is is, is where I'm going to go. And um, I look back at that character, and it's one of my favorite characters uh, of all time in WWE. And I think it just had so much potential. And then, you know, Matt Bourne, ultimately, I think he was, I don't know if he was let go or if he left, decided to leave the company. or And that gimmick just went to shit and became this dumbass comedy 
comic relief sort of gimmick as a baby face, but the heel doink, the clown character to me was so entertaining, so interesting. I think there was lots of places they, they could have gone with it. I, uh, I think it could have been so much more. I don't know that that character could have maybe ever been the WWE champion, but damn it. I think, I think it could have challenged for the WWE championship. And Matt Bourne was certainly a talented enough performer to, to wrestle at that level. I absolutely love that character. Uh, and it's something that went from something with so much potential, so much, uh, so, many, so many plays that could have went, and it became a dumbass comic gimmick for children. So cool, so sinister, so different. And I think it was just, I, I, don't, I don't know why exactly they pulled away from it as much as they did, and as quick as they did, it feels like. I felt like there was a lot of places it could go, and then it just, completely fizzled out yeah it's definitely for the amount of potential that it had yeah definitely a bust in my eyes too Brian. good call good call it seems like with the release the firing of matt Bourne, that's where the whole thing went off the rails i don't think anyone else could have pulled off continuing as the heel doink you kind of once you lose matt Bourne, you kind of have to do a 180 i think with the doink character or just eliminate it altogether yeah, I agree. I think Matt Bourne is what made it. You know, Matt Bourne is what made that uh, that heel character version of it so memorable and so great. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you know they saw marketability in it and made some money off of it. And now indie workers all over the United States uh, make money off of it. <laughs> what would you think about a heel dink? <laughs> what if they brought Dink in and 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 Doink stayed a heel? I, th- I think you should go flush your head in the toilet. <laughs> uh, we're talking a show about giant busts, and then Crockett brings up his dink. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hey, if anybody knows something about little dinks, it's Mike Crockett. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do you know about pink and wink? <laughs> <laughs> I know plenty about pink, let me tell you that. <laughs> do you? <laughs> All, right. All right, I got a little list here. I'll just run down, maybe get your guys' quick thoughts as we're talking about the biggest busts here. I had um, Glacier. Yeah, the amount of hype that he had. I think if NWO never showed up, yeah, Glacier would have done fine. He just he was there, and then NWO showed up, and everything changed. So yeah, he got screwed. Mike, have I ever shared my Glacier story on this on this podcast? Do you remember? I don't think so. I was in a battle royal with Glacier, and um, when I came in the ring, everybody was supposed to feed to me, including Glacier. Glacier did not feed to me, and uh, we get to the back, and he apologizes to me because he goes, I'm sorry I didn't feed. I know I was supposed to. I don't know you. You're very big. I didn't know what type of worker you were. I came to you afterwards because I saw you work with some of the other guys, and then I felt comfortable, but I was scared you were going to hurt me. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it right yeah I, I don't blame him i don't blame him one bit he doesn't know me i'm a big behemoth um and i appreciated him you know coming up to me afterwards and recognizing that like hey i'm not a shitbag and uh and he did work with me a little bit in the battle royal after that but just uh, initially was you know was very trepidatious about um locking horns with me and i and i can't say that i blame him one bit so Glacier, how about this one? Diamond Dallas Page in the WWF. Yeah, I can see that. Didn't really connect, did he? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't 
feel like bringing in like their second biggest baby face of all time as like a heel stalkers just really setting them up for failure right away. Yeah, this feels like one of those things like WWE doesn't create it, then they don't see the value in it sometimes thing. And I, and I think with Paige, that certainly feels like, you know, to be the case. Michael Meltzer checking in here. Uh, also, The Undertaker said that uh, DDP couldn't work in the back. So that's what, that's what sunk him. Sure. <laughs> well, the, the Meltzer boys, Dave and Mikey, would know. <laughs> <laughs> How about Sin Cara? He came in with a lot of hype. He was uh, you know, a huge star in Mexico. Mystico, I believe, was his name. And uh, he came in, and I don't know if it was an attitude problem or a, you know, a, a language barrier. I'm not quite sure what the deal was. But Sin Cara just didn't measure up to be the next Rey Mysterio that they wanted him to be. Sin Cara is a prime example of why the Performance Center and NXT works for these foreign people. I know you bitched and cried and complained about Nakamura uh, having to be down there for a little bit of time uh, before he got called up to the main roster. But if you don't know or work the WWE style, you need to learn it before you get thrown on live television on the main roster. He's a prime example of why that system works. I agree with, I agree with Fury there. I, I, will, I will say, I don't know... Um... I don't know that language barrier or anything like that was was an issue. Having been in the locker room with the, with the the actual original Sin Cara a few times now in Ring of Honor, I've never seen that in this Ring of Honor matches any of that sort of stuff to be a problem and and you know limited interactions. But he he seems like a, like a real nice guy too. So I don't know about attitude, but um, it, it was unfortunate and they definitely viewed him. Yeah, he was the, he was the next Rey Mysterio. He was going to sell. A million masks and a million action figures and just didn't quite work out. Yeah, if I recall, this is like Triple H's first big signing after he, you know, was fully entrenched in the uh, the office of WWE. So he was uh, really invested in making it work, but uh, ultimately could not. And then they actually they gave the gimmick to someone else, uh, Hunico there, and uh, he kind of wrote out the gimmick until recently when he was released. So Sin Cara didn't quite measure up to the heights. How about, uh, oh, this is a good one. Wildcat Chris Harris. <laughs> Big time in TNA. He was a tag team, America's Most Wanted, uh, with uh, James Storm. And then they brought him into the WWF as Braden Walker. He kind of just showed up out of nowhere in the WWE version of ECW. And he was just big. <laughs> he was just big, Brian. <laughs> he he had put on a little weight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they didn't really set him up for success there in the uh, WWE version of ECW because, uh, you know, they just kind of threw him out there on TV willy-nilly. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, from a guy who was uh, – Pretty prominent in TNA to really uh, a huge flop in the WWE. I blame him completely for that. I don't blame WWE at all. All right. Well, finally, I can't believe no one talked about this. Actually, you mentioned his name, Brian Malonis, but was just kind of brushed aside. I would say Bret Hart in WCW, right? With what they had. Oh, yeah. I mean, who do you blame for that, though? Uh, Everyone except Bret Hart, of course. <laughs> I expected that from Brian Fury, not you. <laughs> no, I think that's spot on. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, how do you not capitalize on, um, not, you know, I don't know the exact when his exact contract ran out, but I don't think that was the 
the issue with him performing on TV. And then I, I think if you're WCW, you take the risk of just fuck it and breach of contract or whatever. And uh, how do you not put him on TV the goddamn night after the Montreal screw job? Like how? I, I just don't, I, I don't understand it. It was, they let that, all that shit simmer and completely just fizzle out. The Vince McMahon responses happened and there was just radio silence. No Bret Hart on television. Uh, what he, it was like two months later he debuted, correct? Something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you said, the entire uh, heat behind the thing kind of died down before they debuted him on WCW Monday Nitro. Yeah, it was it was nuts. It, the whole thing makes me so mad because obviously Bret Hart is like my second favorite wrestler of all time. And as hot as he was with his heel run in WWE at the end, and obviously the Montreal screw job, and then it goes to WCW, and it feels like he had no rhyme or reason or any sort of storyline or anything throughout his whole career there. He was heel one week, babyface the next, over and over and over again. It was just such a missed opportunity to have one of the greatest of all time come to your promotion and do absolutely nothing with him. Like, absolutely nothing. This might be the biggest bust of them all when you think about what they had in their lap and just the how they squandered it. Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, there are plenty more out there, I'm sure. Wrestling's biggest busts. I want you guys out there listening to tweet us at the WPAN with the biggest bust you can think of. With pictures, of course. If you know what I mean. <laughs> now we're talking. Use the hashtag WPAN and uh, let us know on Twitter. Or you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And we do have a voicemail. Whoa. Yeah, so uh, let's take a listen to it right now. Hi, guys. This is Tarzan, a.k.a. Matt Spectro from Truth justice and the new england pro wrestling way podcast yeah i I felt the my comments on the festivist episode might have hurt brian fury's feelings so i just want to say brian fury's doing a bang-up job on your podcast he made you guys the demolition of podcasts keep up the good work fellas happy new year the demolition of podcasts yes (laughs) right tarzan just can't say anything bad about anybody in pro wrestling what a nice guy i love tarzan (laughs) One of my oldest pals in wrestling. Well, he is calling you Crush, right? In Demolition. What's wrong with that? Shaka Bra, brother. That was the beginning of the end of Demolition. (laughs) So is he complimenting you or not? I take it as a compliment. Crush was a tag team champion, and Crush went on to great things. (laughs) And and clearly, Mike Crockett is the Bill Eady of the the trio, the uh, too old and ready to be put on the pasture (laughs) member of the team. Definitely, yeah. Crush went to great places, including jail, right? Jailbird Crush. (laughs) (laughs) All right, call the voicemail line. Leave us your voicemail, 401-584-9726. Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. They have a great feed over there, great listeners on that podcast. And uh, I don't know, Mike Mills, we're still ruminating here. You have to... uh, Sweeten the deal, if you will. And they're doing two podcasts a week for the time being anyway. The Smoky Mountain Show is starting to come to a close. That's on Sundays. Thursdays is their flagship show where they're talking about World Championship Wrestling, the old Saturday night 605 show. MikeMills.Podbean.com for all the latest on booking the territory. 
Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I believe this week is the season finale of Our Vantage Point. So be sure to check out as they finalize their lists of the best and worst entrance themes of all time. OVPpodcast.com, a great podcast to listen to. I listen to it weekly. You should as well. OVPpodcast.com. And greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He is breaking down a single episode of wrestling television, and he recently made history by analyzing something in the 2010s. I don't think he's ever done anything past like early 2000s, but he did a show from 2012, which was Saturday Morning Slam. I don't know if anyone remembers that, the old show that was on the CW that was like, you know, for kids and Saturday mornings where they would like cut away if you did a drop kick because they didn't want to show any contact. I kind of remember about that, yeah. Yeah, so check out uh, the way PW breaks that down on Greetings from Allentown. Subscribe to his feed there and uh, enjoy the show. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Network. They break down each and every episode of wrestling television for the week. You got your AEW, you got your Raw, your SmackDown, everything wrestling they're talking about on the Rundown Wrestling Network, rundownwrestling.com. All right, it's time for this week's Promo about nothing. But before we get into that, Brian Malonis, you are hitting the highways, byways, and airways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got 2020 dates. I do, Mike. And uh, this weekend, I'll be heading to Atlanta, Georgia for uh, Saturday night at Center Stage, uh, at, you know, the old WCW TV venue. So always pretty cool to go to Center Stage, Atlanta. Uh, the very next day, I'll be heading to Concord, North Carolina for another Ring of Honor Honor uh, Club event. Both of these events will actually be streaming live uh, on Honor Club. So I know, Mike, that you don't have your Honor Club uh, subscription anymore. But if you're not a dirtbag and would like to actually support what I'm doing over there, get an Honor Club subscription and come watch the best professional wrestling on the planet. Uh, I do have uh, an early February date that I can't reveal yet because it's not revealed by the company that I'm working for yet. So we'll hold off on announcing Ooh. that. Uh, but, but I will return uh, to action for ring of honor on Friday night, February the 28th in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and then the very next night debuting in St. Louis, Missouri, also for ring of honor. So I guess ROHwrestling.com for tickets for those events or to find your way to subscribe to honor club, right? Yes, sir. So uh, brianmalonis at comcast.net if you want to email Brian Malonis for bookings or you can DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. I've got some things cooking. The schedule will be a little more robust coming up. I intentionally didn't take anything uh, the early part of the year because I didn't want to commit to a bunch of things that I was going to then have to cancel on, you know, depending on my contractual situation. So now you're scrambling to fill those dates. I wouldn't say I'm scrambling, buddy. No, I'm going to, you know, if, if those dates come, great. If not, I will enjoy the time off to heal and, uh, you know, continue down this path of health and get in the best shape of my life in 2020, which was my number one goal on my 2020 goals, Mike. I did see that goal. You had that on Twitter, right? I did. So, yeah, check out uh, the Brawler's goals on his Twitter at Brian Malonis. And Brian Fury, you've got stuff coming up for Chaotic Wrestling. Am I mistaken or am I not mistaken? This Friday night, Michael, January the 10th. Whoa! The road to Cold Fury begins with Pandemonium! <laughs> Chaotic Wrestling Pandemonium this Friday night. Uh, one of the biggest events of the year. 
six men on the ring vying for the right to be in the main event of Cold Fury this March. Who's it going to be? Chase Almonte, Charlie Cashew, Mike Verna, Josh Briggs, Anthony Green. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. <laughs> I think it's one more. <laughs> I'm just whipping them out of the top of my head there. Uh, yeah, so one of those guys or the other guy left out, if there was one, I don't even remember, um, is going to be main eventing Cold Fury this year against whomever the champion may be. Uh, a couple of the matches have been announced as well. ChaoticWrestling.com for tickets and any other information that you may need. Mike, uh, as the father of Pandemonium, are you going to be in attendance? I am the father of Pandemonium. Uh, where That's in Lowell? It is. Uh, we'll see what we can do. So, no. All right. <laughs> the only way he's coming, Fury, is if you leave a goddamn comp ticket. So. <laughs> and probably have some food for him. He's not going to show up for the important parts, though. He'll just show up for the meal. Right, yeah. Much like Astromania. Bear Bronson, is that the sixth man? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. The return of Bear Bronson. I'm sorry. The, the, the WWE 24-7 champion? <laughs> oh, yeah, he was, right? Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, like he was. Extra, right? yeah. yeah, he was Santa Claus. So what's going on with the ChaoticWrestling.com website, Brian Fury? As far as what? It hasn't been updated since October. You can get tickets on it. Ticket links work and work well. So what's going on with the rest of it here? I'll talk to the web guy. Very different web guy than the school web guy. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, you can't get your tickets to chaoticwrestling.com for this Friday night in Lowell, Massachusetts. Six-person pandemonium. Very exciting. All right, this week's promo about nothing comes from the year 1983. And we're going back south, and Brian, ironically... Georgia, Georgia Championship Wrestling, where you'll be heading this weekend to compete at center stage. But this was uh, in the old studio setting in Georgia Championship Wrestling. And we have a tag team. The Sawyers, Buzz and Brett Wayne Sawyer, are standing by with Gordon Soley, talking about an upcoming show for Georgia Championship Wrestling. And uh, just take a listen to this week's promo about nothing. On the 7th in Marietta, Georgia, at the Cobb County Civic Center. Yes, Marietta, Georgia. You know, I got a good friend, Bob Armstrong. Me and Bob Armstrong, we're going to come after the Road Warriors, you know, and we're going to just give it one heck of a fight. And uh, we're going to defend these belts on tour, my brother and myself. And uh, I'm looking for an exciting tour that's coming tour. And I you know, like I'm looking help. for a lot of things. I'm looking for Ted DiBiase. Marietta, Georgia, come on. That's what I owe you, DiBiase. You're out here running your mouth this whole last two hours with a mad dog's ready. I'm going to everywhere. I'm going up on tour. I'm going to... <laughs> you know where I'm going, Gordon, all over the world. Well, that's it. That's a portion of the promo. Just the good part, I guess, of the promo with Brett and Buzz Sawyer. And uh, first of all, the first man talking, Brett Wayne Sawyer, he sounds all kinds of fucked up. (laughs) He's mumbling, he's slurring, he's putting dumb sentences together, talking about he's going to bring a fight to the Road Warriors. That's kind of a mistake right there, but uh, Brett Wayne Sawyer, he just, uh, he sounds the mumble-mouthed old... uh, Drug hazed fella. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs are bad, Mike. Drugs are bad. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a, a little bit of a mess there. 
He looks a little, his, his eyes are a little uh, sunken. He's <laughs> He's been up a few nights, it seems like. A little glazed over? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, you go to Buzz Sawyer, the more famous of the Sawyer family, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. And he talks about Marietta, Georgia, right off the bat. That's where they're talking about, the Cobb County Civic Center. And then he tries to bring up Marietta again, and he goes, mm, and then he forgets the name of the town. <laughs> so he just kind of like, mm, mm. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I uh, guess we do. I should have done that a couple minutes ago when I couldn't remember the last member of Pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, did you guys watch on the WWE Network the interview with The Undertaker and Steve Austin where The Undertaker's talking about Buzz Sawyer answering his door stark naked to a group of trainees and then proceeding to train them in his front yard? <laughs> yes, I did. Nude? <laughs> Well, he didn't train them nude, but when he oh. when they all knocked on his door the first time, he opened the door and he was stark naked. Definitely worth a uh, if you haven't watched that. I know you haven't, Mike, because nobody's giving you the network for free. But uh, <laughs> if you're a fan out there that has the network and uh, supports the wrestling business, I, I would highly suggest uh, watching that interview with Stone Cold and The Undertaker. Yeah, I've heard lots of good things about that. That's like the first time anywhere, really, where. The Undertaker just completely lets his guard down, and he's just uh, you know a guy talking with his southern drawl, and it just uh, yeah, just completely different from anything you've ever seen before from uh, The Undertaker. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, the Goldberg one was good, not nowhere near like that, but the uh, Undertaker one was fantastic. Crockett, you should not be a dirtbag. Have the network and watch it. We'll, we'll see what we can do in the new year. You know, uh, yeah, new year, new me, right? Sure. Well, you talk about Buzz Sawyer answering this door stark naked. I mean, I'm guessing, you know, he's probably fucked up all the time, too. And I guess it just seems like Buzz can hold it together a little better than Brett Wayne Sawyer. I mean, he, Brett Sawyer, <laughs> like, he's about to fall over. But, uh, can hold his somas better? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, uh, yeah, that's this week's uh, promo about nothing. Thanks to the Mid Atlantic Championship Podcast at Mid Atlantic Pod on Twitter, who actually posted this portion of the promo. And uh, we've kind of lifted it here for the promo about nothing. So, thanks to the Mid Atlantic Championship Podcast. And if you want to see this promo about nothing, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. And uh, next week, guys, we'll be back here for episode 194 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he's Brian Malonis. He's Brian Fury. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz